I've been here many times before and I've never been defeated and still I will never be defeated. It's Jay and this is Chuck. Good day to everyone out there, to all the boys, to all the girls, to all the thugs, as Rolani would say. Welcome to this week's episode of To Up Front. I am Jay, and I'm rolling with Chuck. Chuck, what do we have on the menu this week? Alright, this week we're covering the Soweto Derby. We're checking out the Titanic battle between Liverpool and Man City. Um, we're looking at Europe's stars and we're focusing on Cristiano Ronaldo right now and what he's been up to if we can put it that way and should we have time we're deciding the future of Emery should he stay or should he go get out but let's start home so last week before the show ended I said we're not covering the Soweto Derby because I'm gonna be talking about the comeback and if it were not for the post being hit three times I would be talking about a comeback but just as Paris is so difficult to predict so, dude, you saw the game. Were Chiefs lucky to win that or they good enough for their points? It is so frustrating. It's so frustrating to watch the PSL right now. It's so frustrating to watch Kiza Chiefs right now because everything is just going in their direction. To be fair, uh, to an extent, you make your own luck. And Chiefs, Chiefs are good. They're good for their points. Maybe not quite as dominant as what the table makes it out to seem, Um because uh, and you you saw it in the match, the match ultimately ends three two and they score the winner off of a penalty, um, in a, in a game where, as you as you as you mentioned, uh, in the opening, the Pirates strike strike the woodwork three times and there were many other occasions where and we're talking about this achieves a vulnerable with the ball being played over their defense. We saw this against Chipa. But uh, Chipper as well missed a boatload of chances. Uh, and and this is what I see in Cheese's games where their opponents are not actually bearing the chances that they have. And Cheese does give you those chances because, as I'm saying, they, they back forward doesn't quite seem to know what they're doing in terms of positionally um, with, with playing the offside trap. And if you have a guy in your team who's pacey, you can just play him in behind the back four with an easy ball over the top. I saw Lodge being played in a couple of times, but he wasted a couple of opportunities himself. So ultimately, Paris do only have themselves to blame that they didn't win that game. So Chiefs were lucky. They were. They were. They were. Uh, were. Or you could look at it and say, Paris were not clinical. And what... (laughs) I want to lean on the side that Chiefs were lucky because when you look at Chiefs, particularly in the second half, they weren't really in the game. The second half belonged to Lando Pirates. And as you just noted, that it's easy to play the ball over their defense and they're all in sixes and sevens. What's weird about Chiefs for me is that they don't press the ball. Secondly, you can still play the ball over the, over the defense, which means there is no tactical discipline or there's no concentration from the players because you have to be either or. If you're pressing, then you're vulnerable for spaces behind the back. But if you're not um, pressing, that means you've you've got the back covered. But they get caught out on both occasions, which is is surprising for a team that won the game. It's surprising for a team that won the game against Chipa. It's surprising where they are in the league currently because Chiefs have done just enough to be where they are. But I mean, sure, they have had games where they played well and were convincing. And um, there's a game where Zuma scored two goals. Which game was that? I'm not too sure which one is against Chipa. Yes. But in general, I'm not convinced by Chiefs. I don't think even the lead that they have currently, which is 10 points. Am I correct? 10 points. Yeah, they've got a 10-point lead over Sundowns. I don't think that's enough. Chiefs need more. <laughs> you know what? It's it's strange. <laughs> because if you if you look at the Chiefs team and you... You ask yourself, do they have, do they have the best team that they're putting out uh, week in week out in in these games? Because when I when I look at it, the the addition of Nurkovic has been a good one. The guy does play up to his frame. He holds the ball up very well, and he actually is is good on his feet. I've seen him take a couple of shots at goal as well. Not all of them have gone in. What's new about South African football? But 
he he looks like someone who has goals in him and not only does he look like someone who's got goals in him if things break his way but in in terms of the gameplay and how he brings uh the midfielders in, in into the game is is also very good and then in my opinion and this has been my opinion for the last couple of years they've got the best player in the PSL in Kamabiliat uh Bilet just has a level of magic that he can produce at any time in any game that not quite anyone else in South African football can do. Mm. And if those things are clicking as well as I, I, I must admit, I saw, I saw Zuma for the first time in that game against Chippa and I, I was impressed. Um, the boy is 19 and he looks, he looks to me to be just a class above everyone else on the pitch. He looks like the next South African superstar. I might be proven wrong because at the moment it's, it's raw and it's just potential. Yeah. But when when I when when I see him running with the ball, it's at a it's at a different pace, and you can see how his mind is locked into attacking and just going forward when he's got the ball at his feet. So when you when you look at that, and then you couple that with what is going on around them, I I beg to differ. <laughs> I I honestly think the PSL is gone, and I'm a Sundowns supporter. And the thing with Sundowns now. Uh, with 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 Mshishi being out for the last four games, it's interesting. We've not won any of of those games, and the games that he was there for prior, I think like five games before that, we won all those games in a row. So seemingly, uh, regardless of what Peter Musemani would like for us to believe in that uh, Sundowns are not a one man team, they seem to be a one man team, and the one man who is their best player is currently out. Whereas uh, Vitz as well, when you look at them, they are coming back from not playing in the PSL for a month. And Gavin Hunt was talking about how they need to get revenge on Supersport because of the the beatdown that they got in the MTN8 when they got beaten 3-0. Only to be caught up in a, in a game that was really boring. It was no no until uh, the last minute where Supersport then scored the winner. And they are now up to third place. But they're up to third place, but they're, what, 11 points behind... Uh, Kaiser Chiefs, uh, Sundowns are ten points with a game in hand. I don't, I don't, I don't feel like games in hand mean anything. Vets themselves have four games in hand against Chiefs, and in terms of the PSL, if you get to sixty points, whoever gets to sixty points first wins the league. And Chiefs are like what? I don't have nineteen think, games I don't for think thirty-two points. Sixty points. We've seen this is this is who's going to stop this, this is a PSL term. umbrella. You're the umbrella holder. Just, just showering all the other teams from getting wet. And when the time comes, you're going to move out the way and let the winners actually come up. Paris has, has done this before. Chiefs themselves have done this before. And Sundowns put them at the last point. Look, I, 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 I think, yes, they, 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 there is no team more deserving of being in first place. But I don't think they deserve not deserve a full value for the 10 points that they have over everyone else. I think specifically for this game, Pirates were, were, were in control and they should have won the game, as we keep saying, with, with their misses. I mean, Loach is, is, is basically running on the six-yard box and he should head that in. Boulay was more of a stretch. It's hard. Macarena was, was an audacious shot and, and you get that, but Pirates should have won that game thoroughly. If you go back to last week, they gave Chiefs a tough time with 10 men. For most of the extra time, for most of, of of extra time, in fact, most of the second half, it started from the second half that Pirates had ten players, and to run them all the way down to penalties. I mean, for me, it says that Chiefs are not always so convincing. So, my thing was it was, it was more Pirates not being clinical. I mean, that's one thing that we said that they should watch and learn from Chief on how to put the ball over the net. But we also didn't say said that they need to learn how to score. Need to score. So, I mean, if you don't score, you don't win. It's, it's that simple. So, look, Chiefs are good. To be in first place, but I, I think it's too early to say that. So my question won. to you is, who reels them in? That's Vitz or Sundowns. That's those two. Vitz or Sundowns. <laughs> Pirates is too inconsistent to even put in the conversation because Pirates are a good team, but you never know what you're going to get on any day. I the feel like this is true for every every PSL team. I feel this is true of the challenges that you're putting up because I don't know I don't know if you <laughs> caught any of the Sundowns game against Arrows. No, I just saw highlights. Oh watch my goodness! <laughs> to begin with, I feel that game should have been called off because that oh, pitch, pitch was, was waterlogged. I mean, when you're passing a ball and it it just it dies, it dies exactly. <laughs> just stands still in a puddle of water. You're looking at that and you you're wondering to yourself why are they still playing under those conditions? But I mean, 
what what I've seen of Sundowns is is they struggle to recover from adversity this season mm-hmm. at least, and I think as well with with the exploits that they've had in uh, on the continent in the last couple of consecutive seasons, I think it's beginning to tell. Um, I mentioned the absence of Temba Zwane, and Zwane is out because of a muscle injury. And when you start when you start seeing that amongst it's players, it's mm-hmm. it's fatigue. You know, that's the kind of injury that is a build up of a lot of games with not much rest in between. And I, I do think for they'll struggle uh for the rest of the season because they're going to then be playing in in, in, in the Champions League again. I think the best that Sundowns can hope for um the season is, is, is to win one of the cup competitions and then just focus on trying to finish in the top two just to qualify for the Champions League again. You are right in terms of cheese not being full value for their lead. And you know why I particularly give them the league? Because, man, they are just so much more luckier than everyone else. Don't, don't get it wrong. You need a bit of luck to win, to, to win a league title, to win anything, you know. But then when you have the kind of luck and the kind of benefits <laughs> uh, as, as so to say it, it's hard man like it, it's already it's already hard because I don't feel like there's just enough quality in terms of there isn't a dominant team I see coming out of the pack even Vitz as you say Vitz were poor they were mm. poor in that game against Supersport and sure they'll be there thereabouts because they have a good coach and they've got a good squad but I mean and the PSL is wholly unpredictable you see a Cape Town City outfit that Immediately Gosh. after Benny is fired, they, they put five past their opponent, and then they go to Black Leopards. And as 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 uh, we were all notified by the Twitter admin of Cape Town City, strange things happened in 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 Venda, mm-hmm. and they lost the next game. But look, I I think with what we've said, with the PSL being unpredictable. It's it's been a rare sight in the PSL for a team to be consistent from the beginning all the way. Either they're bad in the first half and they recover their form and become very good towards the um, the push towards May, or they do the opposite. And I think Chiefs have been good in the first half of the season. Second half of the season, I think they will fall off. It's just what the PSL does. And I think if if the, if the teams, if one team can put together, I say if you can put together a game of seven wins, you catch Chiefs. No one is going to do that. I, I believe if anyone can do that. Any point? I, I, I really. I, it's an interesting point that you bring up because I've always thought this as well. I've yeah. always thought that if any team in the PSL wins five games in a row, yeah, that team is gonna is gonna win the league. This Chiefs team have already won six in a row. This is not a run I see anyone else replicating. And if you if you think about it, as I said, like if if the goal is just to reach sixty points, uh, you've got nineteen games to get thirty two points. What's thirty two points? Um, ten wins. I don't think they're gonna get ten out of nineteen wins, but that's about one and a bit points per match from mm-hmm. here on in. I think they can manage that. Stranger things have happened. I mean, with Middendorf, thing, I, I, You know Middendorf, what? I agree with you that Middendorf they, they might even... fall off the boil. But who is going to catch fire? That's the thing. I look around and I don't see anyone who's going to so, so like, amass like 40 points in their last so like, 19 games. So we're saying that like and no one else is going to do anything better. And that's that. Yeah. I mean, then fine. The next point is, if if Chiefs have ridden the, the road their luck and gotten this far, what do we say about Rulani then? Has he been unlucky? Especially, especially I mean, on this game, should should he should fans be asking for his head, or do we give him time? Because it's twice now on the trot he's lost against Chiefs. I mean, and other results. I think, I think it needs time, man. You know, because I I, I pose the question: if if you hit if your players hit the post three times. And there are some dubious uh, decisions in, in in that match as well. And then you find, Thuggery. Thuggery. <laughs> and then Chiefs have a red card, and Pirates are playing with a one man advantage in the last couple of minutes. And I just forgot who it was. Mabasa, Mabasa oh, has, oh, has has oh. has a chance to equalize, and he hits it straight at the goalkeeper. What is the coach supposed to do? What more? Is he actually supposed to implement in that match on that day? And then going forward, that is supposed to lead to his team winning that match. I, I do think, I still think, I still believe in Rolani. Um, mm. I don't think it's a coincidence that um, he was at Sundance and Sundance was successful. I'm not saying he's the reason for their success as a certain uh, Bonganis who would have you believe. <laughs> and I also don't quite think that he was the architect of Pirates' um, Good form under under Mitchell the last two seasons, but I also think that you can't 
discount the fact that he's been there for both situations mm-hmm. and he must have something to do with that. And he's a young coach with, with bright ideas. And I do think at least give him the season, you know, we like what just barely 10 games into yeah. this league season. Yeah. And already you're calling for, for the guy's head uh, because the other question is where do you go from here? I know, PSL teams like getting coaches we've never heard of from countries we've never heard of. But we have an opportunity to actually develop a local coach at a big team. Mm. And I do think he needs time. Uh, I, th- I think he's, he's, he's shown to be someone who actually wants to do something different with the team. I mean, in, in past teams, we've had Shonga starting and Mulenga starting. We've had a, a Falkram of Ben Mutuare and um, forgetting um, the other player now. But anyway... For this for this particular weekend, what well, we saw him, we saw um, Marco come back into the team. We saw Mabasa play. We saw the 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 Cabardino, not Cabardino, Um Am I right? That from Vets who signed for us. Ah, anyway, the Macarinos are coming to play. So he's putting his own blueprint onto his team, and you'll see that they're starting to play a different style. So I think it takes a while for him to change the whole system, to change the players who are there and have them believe in his philosophy and, and play a particular way. So against Chiefs over the past two weeks, past two games, I think it's starting to show what he wants his, what his, what he wants his team to play like. Um, Bule is, as we discovered, form as well. Lodge is slowly coming up, back up, but I think he's, he's building a solid midfield. So... I think let's let's judge him on that at the end of the season after having gambled and, and, and shot all his shots, rolled the dice. If it still doesn't work, then you've got a case. But right now, I think it's a bit too early because he's going against teams who are really established, if I could say, in terms of gameplay. Vitz is established. Sundown has been established. So I think it should stay. So to wrap this up, I say there's still a long way to go in the season. I don't think... Oh, if. Maybe Chiefs do because you bring valid points, but I don't think Chiefs are going to win it. Or maybe it's the Pirates supporting me that says I don't want them to win. But congratulations, congratulations to Amakosi on winning the league title. I'll tell you this: Are you ready for this conspiracy theory? Kids mm. Chiefs, the biggest brand in South African football, have gone I think five seasons without winning anything. I think the powers that be are not very happy with that. <laughs> They would much prefer a league that has a a good Chiefs team and a Chiefs team that is winning. So those benefits that you see, I don't think that's a coincidence. Um, You can do that what you please. Speaking of benefits, benefits also in Europe, if you are certain Liverpool supporters. Look, there was a Titanic game. It was was one that decided, not decided the league, but the momentum going into the Christmas. Did it not decide the league? No, not yet. Oh, we'll get into that. No, 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 not yet. So we have the handball incident. We've got the potential offside for Mo Salah. The game was pulsating. I mean, Liverpool took their chances. City were in control of possession, but not in control of the game. How did you see that game? That was that was the best game of Russia's season. Yeah. Uh, I It lived up to the billing that those are two teams truly operating at the highest level of the game. And it was, oh man, it was, it was like a big boxing match and, 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 and we've mentioned this a couple of times on the show that styles make fights mm. because you've got in the on, on the one hand in in Liverpool you had the the counter puncher and who's got a big punch mm. that he'll he'll take the blows and you'll have him in a corner, you'll have him up against the ropes but he'll he'll be defending and protecting himself and boom when you least expect it phew, you get a shot to the head and you you're on the floor and you don't know what happened. Whereas in in, in 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 city you've you've got then the 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 attacker the yeah. boxer who's stalking you just keeps coming keeps coming, and that's what city did in this match they kept coming, at no point even when they're down two 0 and you're thinking man Liverpool might have taken this thing out of this game already when I mean, with the controversies as well that surrounded the game, that city might just disappear but they never quite disappeared and the thing is though because when you look at the game stats um what what they'll tell you is that city only had Three shots on target. Mm. They had 18 shots though in total. Um, and for whatever reason, Sergio Aguero cannot score at Anfield. And they had chances. Mm. They had chances. They just, they just didn't go in. Whereas Liverpool, what they scored off their first two chances at goal mm. and their conversion rate was, was crazy. And at the end of the day, I think that's just what happened. It was an odd game at Anfield. It was, it was crazy. An odd game because Firmino was, was not in the game at all. He was actually a liability, if I could say, because nothing was coming off. But still, when you get to half time, they scored two goals regardless of that. 
And it, it shows that possession doesn't mean much. I mean, I've seen this as a Pirates fan a long time ago. We've, we'd control the game all the time, but never put the ball in the back of the net. But the difference with City is that they actually had shots that they were trying to uh, convert into goals, but like try as they may, try as they may, they could have played like for another in. week, and it, it was, was it was not going to work. Be the same result. I mean, that's why I was actually surprised when Bernardo Silva scored. It was, it was it was out of the blue, basically. I know I know they had the ball position, I know they had, they had the momentum, they had the pressure, but <laughs> being that things were not going their way for so long, I didn't think they were going to score. I mean, my, my prediction was three 0 last week. I thought I was right for until what seventy seven minutes or whatever it was, but it was it was it was interesting. It was definitely pulsating. It's 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 strange because I, I, I agreed with you. Um, mm. We both thought that Liverpool were going to have a dominant performance, and they were just going to rubber stamp their their ascendancy mm. this season over over City. And the scoreline would suggest that you know if yeah. you just took it on uh, base stats that they won three one, and I don't think I don't think they were undeserved of their three goals because at the back City are just still at sixes and sevens. Although, having said that, I was quite impressed by the performance of Angelino. Yeah. Angelino, Angelinos. And particularly him going forward. Because uh, at the back, as I'm saying, their best defender, oddly, is Fernandinho. Which is saying something. Which is I saying mean, a lot. You, you speak of Angelino and he's good going forward. As yeah. Well, which is City's problem. Because, I mean, if you look at Mo Salah's goal, sure, there was a... Very good cross from Robertson, but do 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 wait 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 before the cross before the cross the diagonal from Trent with his left foot like that goal is like four touches back of the net. I looked at that. I, I remember I saw that and I was just like, the hell did I just watch? Okay, maybe it's one of those goals that you can't really do much to defend mm. against. But I mean, look, I saw in one instance in the match that Fernandino can run and keep up pace with Mo Salah every mm-hmm. time we ran with him and he and he cut him off. But for that, you need you need defensive um, knowledge and experience to to make sure he doesn't doesn't get his head to it. Either you nudge him off the ball because the city are known for professional fouls, so we hear, <laughs> or you try dive or, or whatever. But what I'm trying to say is that Fernandinho does not play as a defender often enough to know what to do in those situations. He can man mark, he can shadow, he can do all these things. But when it comes to counter attacking, City are open and they're in for the taking, which is why I went for the three um, um, scoreline last week. So look, they're a good team with ball in possession. But if they don't fix that, fix those things. I mean, it's, it's what we saw in the, in the other game, the Champions League, the tries they made against Atalanta. Goals just weren't coming. Yeah. And it happened again this week. It's not to say that they can't score. <laughs> for whatever reason, goals just aren't going in for City. And if you don't close up the back door, I think I think they're missing Sane at the moment. Uh, being mm. being able to bring him on and the the dynamism that he gives you. Sorry to interrupt you, but they had Mars on the bench. Don't you think he would have come on and been a better sub instead of Gabriel Jesus? You know, with the with the Jesus substitute, who did they take off to put on Jesus? Was it Aguero or was it playing with Aguero and Jesus? No, they took off Aguero. I I'd like to see him go with Aguero and Jesus mm-hmm. up front because the way that he set up for for this match is that he was playing De Bruyne just off of uh, Aguero, which there were moments where it, it seemed as if uh, one of those one of those times where Pep is just too tactical and too cute for his own good. Um, but then there were there were times where it looked as if it was working because you'd find De Bruyne drop him off of then um, Aguero going into the midfield and then exploiting those those very same gaps. But you know when I was watching the game, I'll tell you what I was thinking that if I was coaching Manchester City, this is the instruction that I would have given. When I'm watching Liverpool, it is very clear that Trent Alexander Arnold is is. is is a mainstay of, of their game plan because not only is it, is it lethal from his side of the field, but I must have counted like three or four times when there was a corner for Manchester City. And if then the play ends up in, in the goalkeeper's hands, Trent switches to the other side of, of, of the pitch and the outlet ball is to him. And then the instruction is go, mm. go running. And and, and and the thing with Liverpool, oh man, in Trent, they've, they've, they've got an exceptional player because he's just athletic and he's got an educated right foot and we learned in this game that his left foot is not half shabby either. Mm. And But he's an attacking force. And I think the way to curb that is you need to give instruction to whoever is playing on his side of the field, uh, if you are the coach in attacking Liverpool, to have a go at him. 
Mm. And the thing with City is that the guy who's playing on the left side of the midfield is Raheem Sterling. And I, in, in, in moments, I saw it happening, but I think they just should have doubled down and given the instruction to Raheem Sterling that just just keep going, keep just going. keep attacking Trent. Because with Angelino, also on, on, on that side, what I, you know, you know the combination of um, Lionel Messi and, and his left back, um, Alba, Alba mm-hmm. how they, they just overload that yeah. side of the pitch when, when they're playing together. I think that's what, what, what City should have done, that just, just keep going at Trent, pin him back mm-hmm. in a defensive position. And also ask, ask him the question of how good is he as a defender, because we see how he's good, how good he is going forward. But I, I, I think, and you mentioned this, um, uh, we disagreed on, on, on this as in the overall point, but mm-hmm. you mentioned that you would, you would take Bissaka over Trent. Uh, I'd still take Trent because of what he gives going forward, but like, I, I think mostly that was motivated by Pesaka's, um ability in defense. Mm. I really do think Trent is is not that as a defender. We don't even really know what he is as a defender because teams are not are not attacking him and they're letting him have a whole highway to run into on on that side of the pitch. To be fair, they're not just letting him because he's that good. Yeah. He's he's taking it. But for teams going forward, I'd love to see this pin those fullbacks back. Mm. I know they 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 come and you know you go into the game that they coming and they coming forward, fight fire with fire. Yeah. Uh, ask them to defend. I think Robertson is a good defender. I must say I'm not convinced of Trent, I, and I love Trent. He's one of my my favorite players in the world right now. But I'd like to see someone ask him some real questions in terms of how good are you defending. I think I think it was quite difficult for Pep as a coach in that moment because you don't you don't take off Raheem Sterling because he he's trying something. And he's actually giving them problems, not quite succeeding. But same thing is happening with Bernardo Silva on the other side. And you could say the same thing for Aguero as well. They're trying, but nothing is quite happening. And you're not going to pull them off because they're ineffective. It's more well, ineffective in terms of the end result, but not because they're being shut down, if, if that makes sense. So I'm thinking to myself, maybe they missed having a player like Zinchenko as opposed to Angelino because he's played um, bombing down the wings a couple of times. Maybe he's more switched on to what needs to happen in that situation. Maybe they missed a player. I was on the tip of my tongue now as you were talking, but um, let me see if I can get it. They missed David Silva. I think he'll have been able to pick that pass. That that if 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 the brainer can't pick the pass, maybe David Silva could do that because I think he was sorely missing that game. Um, because as the, the thing about Liverpool is that their their midfield is really their engine room. I, I mean, no one works as hard as Liverpool's midfield, running down, cutting down spaces, uh, making the game hard, pressing the ball, all these things. So that the front three are free to play. So I think if I was Pep Guardiola, I mean, what I would have tried to done, uh, do, uh, I would have tried to put Riyad Mahrez. He's, he's more tricky than Sterling is. Um, run at Trent, as you say, and try force a foul. I mean, I, I was looking at that match thinking, if it were not for VAR, I'm sure Trent or someone would have gotten a yellow card by now because Raheem Sterling was getting kicked. Every five minutes, Raheem Sterling was getting kicked. It was a clear instruction. Someone was going to get a, a card. But because of, I think, the referee's interpretation, but aided with the VAR, I think certain players got off uh, off the hook. So I think if you keep bombing down that channel, eventually something was, was going to give. But, hey, we, we, we can't say that Liverpool didn't give City those problems because so it's hats off to yeah. them as well because it was hard for Pep to figure out what to do next. That's how and they, they were set up. And they and they had the luxury to um, sit back a little bit because mm. they had the two goal lead. Because I mean, you know, you know that City have some amazing game breakers in their team. Mm. So you're not gonna go gung ho when you've actually gotten the lead that you would have wanted to get, particularly that early in the match. And as a as a Liverpool team, you could sit back and try to hit them on the counter because as well, having spoken about Trent as an outlet, um Mane as well is amazing on mm. the counter attack. Spacey is powerful. You just feed him the ball and have him run at his defender and things tend to happen mm. um under those situations. I must say you having mentioned the Liverpool midfield, I was I was I was so impressed with Gini Wijnaldum. Mm. I was one of the people who, when you remember two seasons back when the front three contributed like hundred goals or something like that, yeah. and Liverpool's play was from the back they were bypassing the midfield and going straight to uh, the front three, mm. and we were talking about how they need to improve in the midfield. And Klopp went out and he bought a couple of players. Uh, he got the Ox, um, he got Keita. And there you go, Fabinho. Fabinho now is the only one of those three who's 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 constantly in the starting eleven. Mm. And I've previously called for Henderson to drop off to the bench, and I still think they need someone better than him. Mm. 
But my tune has entirely changed in terms of Gini Wijnaldum. It's so important, a big shift in that comeback against Barcelona last season in the Champions League. And watched him again in this in this game, and and I've seen him with Netherlands as well, where he's he's one of their bigger players, yeah. and rightly so because now at Liverpool as well, I don't think you go into any big match with Gini Wijnaldum not in, in in your match day eleven because he's a difference maker. Every time he got the ball, he was he was he was strong on the ball and he was evading uh, defenders, making space for himself, picking picking a pass. It was just it was a good midfield performance from him and. Tip my hat off to him. He's 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 come on and leaps and bounds. So what happens when you stick with a player? Yeah, I mean, before I even run on to the next part of this conversation, I want to say that I've I've changed my mind to Fabinho as well. I was a bit on yeah. the fence in terms of how good is this guy actually, but over the last couple of games, his proper quality. I I I have a feeling that one of these good days, maybe at the end of the season, Barcelona are going to come knocking for Fabinho as a replacement for Sergio Busquets. Just my feeling. Uh, I haven't really seen that uh, anywhere. That would improve that team immensely. That would improve that team. Because currently, with the players they have, it's not quite working with the Arters. It's not quite what they want. But before we even um, um, go to Europe, let's talk about the big, big scandal in this game. Trent Alexander, handball. Should it be given as a penalty? Is, Is there even a case you made? Or... You see nothing to do with anything. So I initially said it was a penalty yeah. uh, when we first had this conversation. And I I had actually missed the sequence um, live. I, I, I got to see it after the game. And having seen then the highlights as well of how, where the position of Trent Alexander-Arnold's hand was in relation to his body, it, I, I do believe it was an unnatural position. And the ball, natural position. ball struck him there. But... The ball struck the hand of Bernardo Silva before it, that just, there's no case. Yeah. I mean, you can't judge one handball and overlook the other one. So that, that one is dead in the water, people. Regardless of whether you love City and you want them to win, it is no no penalty there. If I, mean, I, I, I say Alexander's arm was in a natural position because he's trying to stop. And naturally, if you're trying to stop your body and change direction, your arms come out. It's a natural position. But beyond that, it's not a penalty. You know what the frustrating thing is? Yeah. Is that the comments that come from the PMGOL or PGM or however, whatever those letters are. Some referring are, body. Yeah. Is that they, they, they came out in support of the decision on the basis that they say that VAR ruled that it was not a penalty because from, from what the referee saw and what VAR reviewed, and I suppose you agree with this as well, that it wasn't a penalty because it didn't, it did, it didn't strike um, Trent's hand in, 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 an, in an unnatural position, mm. and there was no consideration made to the Bernardo Silva contribution prior to that. And it's so strange to me because I'm like, well, you can cover yourselves in glory here by just saying, well, the referee saw that it hit Bernardo Silva's hand and it changed the direction of the ball and deflected it onto Trent's hand, but seemingly. The the contribution of Bernardo Silva was ignored, and I'm just like, this is the frustrations that people have with the rest. Because what are you what are you saying? Because sure, if the Bernardo Silva incident doesn't happen, then we've got a conversation, yeah. right? And easily so, there is no conversation, and we agree on that because of the fact that it hit Bernardo Silva's hand and then went on to Trent's hand. And for them to come out with a statement like that, I'm just like, what are you guys doing? I think I think the frustration overall for all of us as fans is the inconsistencies of refs oh, because we've seen penalties given for far less. We've seen penalties for people who had, had the ball hit their arm on their side. This one was stretched out, as I'm saying, it's natural in terms of him trying to stop his momentum. But we've seen things given for far less. And so for this to not be a penalty, if it's just based on the fact that we're looking at just him and him touching the ball and don't include Bernardo Silva in it, then it's 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 funny. It's it's funny rules and stuff. But I I I I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know if even VAR is helping because someone still needs to interpret, and they're interpreting different from what we're seeing. So the football fraternity, uh, FIFA, UEFA, uh, all the bodies need to sit in a room with the the governors of the other sports and take classes in terms of the video replay because sit in the corner. Take notes. <laughs> Take notes because as it is right now, nah, man. Uh, and I, I, I am someone who advocates of VR because 
as we saw in the Chiefs game, where uh, the Chiefs Pirates game, where Matoa was sent off, mm. I think if that goes to video review, he either is not sent off or he's not the only person who gets sent off. You yeah. know, but we need we need we need the intervention of technology. But if technology is going to be there, can it be used correctly? I mean, you you don't even have the consistency of in England, for example, the ref doesn't go to see the TV on the sidelines, yeah. whereas in Europe. They get that opportunity So Either make it universal Or Before we even get to other things Like Can the way that it's operated Just Be standard Across every league And Also Can we have it In Africa Like What's up with that Evan Koza Do the things my man But another thing I wanna I wanna Complain about And I know I've done this before The handball rule Doesn't make sense Till this day Like from the time It was implemented And we discussed it even I think it, it, it makes us have more frustration towards VAR because guys are looking at video replay and they're still interpreting it by these bogus laws that they will say to us that if an attacker gains an advantage via handball, it's no goal. But defenders can get away with it. That's you know, you know the handball rule. I think they should have kept it as it was because mm. <laughs> essentially it's operating as it was. Um, and then when you br- when you bring VAR into it, and then you've got the monitor on the side of the field, then. Let the ref go review it And then have it still be his decision As it was You've just given him the aid of seeing it uh, A couple more times And make up his own mind Because it You have a, a couple of handball rules For essentially the same incident A handball mm. it's, a different, it's a different rule If as we said If the ball hits an attacker And there's a material effect Towards a goal being scored Whether that means It, it, it bounces over an attacker's hand Into his teammate's path And he converts the goal Or it goes off of his hand Directly into the net Then that is not a goal But As you've pointed out It's not the same for defenders It's not uh, If it hits a defender in the hand And And it's not for interpretation And what And, and that, the other question is So when do you call it back? Like so if the game continues For five minutes after it's hit your your hand and then you go after that was the material uh effect yeah. towards the goal or was it how not do you, how do you measure what do you what do you what do you curb that because i mean what 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 man city players were were, were, were looking for is a penalty that would mean bernardo, bernardo silva would have gained an advantage from his handball which then would let's be say there's no story there there's no penalty so, geez, we may be angry at VAR all we want, but I think it's it's to do with the laws sometimes. There are some teething problems that need to be taken care of because as currently as constructed, it's ruining the game. Mm-hmm. And I do think technology, the more technology we have in terms of trying to get to the proper and correct decisions, the better it is for football. We need VAR, but we need it to be better than it currently is. We need it in a social derby to get rid of thugs. Is, look, I actually wanted to ask you this on on the back of the result of uh, Liverpool and City. Yeah. City actually now sit in fourth place, nine points behind Liverpool. And everyone's just talking about City. It's crazy. So is uh, two questions. One is is the title sealed by Liverpool? Second question: If not, does this mean that Chelsea and Leicester are in the title race? I, th- I think that's the thing. If you look at the past two seasons, the only teams that have been properly consistent are Liverpool and Manchester, Manchester City. So I think that's why everyone is looking at, looking at it in the context of just those two teams. I mean, don't get me wrong, Chelsea and Liverpool, and sorry, Chelsea and Leicester have done very well to be where they are because they're actually above Man City. They are eight, eight points adrift, whereas City is nine points back. And I think the, the issue with that is no one sees them on a winning run enough to ch- on, a, on a winning run good enough to challenge Liverpool. They think at some point they'll step up because historically it's what, what has happened. I mean, when Leicester won the league, that's because everyone else was fumbling and doing their own thing on the side. So I don't think everyone has that I, that belief in the other teams because, I mean, where's the bar now? At 100 points? Yeah. <laughs> no one's believing that those two can, can get to 90 even. So I think that's why they're overlooked. But it would be damn disrespectful to not look at the people who are in second and third and talk about City in fourth. You know what? It's strange, um, but I don't think Chelsea and, and, and Leicester are actual title contenders, and yet I don't think that the league is has been wrapped up. I don't think it's been wrapped up. I don't think it's been wrapped up. I don't think it's been wrapped up um, because of the fact that what we what we what we said that game. I don't think I walked out of that game and thought to myself, "Yeah, Liverpool are streets ahead of City." Now, I 
I, I, I do think Liverpool are favourites. I've had them as the league winners, and I'm going to say this until they lift that trophy in May, that they're going to win the league this season. But in in terms of it being sewed up already, I don't think that's the case. I do think that when City have all their horses at the back, back, I suppose, <laughs> they're a different team. Um, and, and they would have seen enough with the controversies around the match and in the, with their performance and with how they were unlucky to convert more chances, they would have walked away from the match knowing that Liverpool aren't quite their superiors, but they're still equals. And they will hope, obviously, particularly over the Christmas period, with Liverpool having a crazy schedule where at the moment, this, if I'm not mistaken, they're scheduled to play two games on two different continents on the same day. That's obviously going to be changed, but it just speaks to the the load that Liverpool have. And we spoke about this, that unlike City, Liverpool do not have a quote-unquote second eleven that you can just throw out and they are title contenders. So, God forbid, if anything happens to their frontline players, to them, to the mainstays in their team, mm. they're in trouble. If anything happens to a couple of them, then look out. I, th- I think the thing with Liverpool is for them to maintain their run, they always have to play Mane, Salah and Firmino. They always have to play them. I mean, when last did you see Shaqiri in a Liverpool shirt? I mean, I've been seeing Origi at least, but I'm just trying to say, if those guys came in from time to time, maybe if the game is wrapped up or start the more easier games, if you can say that in the EPL, with, with those two and rest the other guys, I think... You then, don't see it. Just don't see it. Eh? Yeah, you just don't see it. I think then you can give your players a bit more time to, to, to breathe. But, I mean, now they've got eight points. They, they should be able to risk a game or two and play Shakiri, play Origi and see what happens. I don't think you have to play the front three all the time. They are going to burn out. When you need them, I don't. I don't think with the, being on the precipice of history as they are, with the league title <laughs> finally seemingly but in their grasp, this, I don't think. This, this I don't think like, Klopp is going to take that chance. This, this eh? looks like the Gerrard slip all over again. Turns like you're going to look good for so long, and in the second half of the season, your legs are going to come out from under you because your players are going to be tired. I don't. I don't think they bottled it this season. Um, but that's a question they still have to answer. Because, and we've seen in the last couple of seasons that City tend to have strong back ends to a season. And I think uh, in the turn of the year and into the new decade, City are going to come hard. I, mean, I I do believe we're going to see them go on a 10-game winning streak run or something like that. And the question will be asked. And, and Liverpool still have to go to the 80 hard. Mm. And in terms of Leicester and Chelsea, I think Leicester's magic was that one season. I don't think it's going to happen again. Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. They're very good. And I, I, I think... I think Top four, at least. I think top four. I think they, they, they qualify for the Champions League. And Chelsea, Chelsea are a fun bunch to watch. <laughs> you need only go turn on the tape on their 4-4 against Ajax. But I still think I, I, I lean on the side of Jose Mourinho when he says he's concerned about their performances in the big matches because, yeah, they they have some good young players and they're exciting. Um, but I think they're still at a point where they're developing characters because you have to be more pragmatic in, mm. in the bigger games. You don't just... You don't just go out there and express yourself and you put four past that team because they're going to put six past you um, in your attempts to put that many goals uh, against them. And they've got a match coming up at the Etihad. I think the next match actually is against City uh, at the Etihad. And that will tell us a lot Good in terms of have they, have they if, grown? If they beat City, then Pep must throw in the towel. If they, beat, if they beat City, I think, yeah, that's it for City. And then I think... We have a conversation around our Chelsea. Come on, you blues! Manchester will always be red. So <laughs> let's let's just look at one interesting thing that's happened over the weekend. So Cristiano Ronaldo got substituted against AC Milan. It was the second game in, su- in succession that he got substituted, and I think that's ha- that hasn't happened in a whole decade. Do you honestly think he's in decline, or is he the, is he the product of a Juve team that's just not firing? The question is, why don't you think he's in decline? The man has five goals in 10 league games, six goals in 14 overall games this season. Because just three weeks ago, we were saying he's in the 700 club. Just a couple of months ago, yeah, he was going to take off of these, these milestones because he's played for just so long. Just a couple long. of months ago, he was lifting the, the Nations Cup. Just a couple of months ago, he was scoring for Portugal. So there's no way that guy has fallen off because Juve are not themselves. They're off-color. 
And that's because of the introduction of, uh, I'm sorry, I, I don't understand that man. Everywhere he goes, he just starts off controversially and people don't understand what he's doing. I mean, sorry, sorry won his first cup <laughs> when Chelsea got, was is it the, the, the FA Cup or whatever they won or Europa? I don't know, but it was his first cup in the longest time. And so I, I don't trust this man. I mean, he, he wanted to sell Dybala. Dybala's the one saving his butt right now. So I, I no man, he's, he's... You know what, sorry Paul aside... Um, and with no disrespect to Cristiano Ronaldo, as you tend to believe that I just pile on There's this man. There's of disrespect. For I have major respect for Ronaldo, and I do believe he's one of the greatest players of all time. But I do think Still Father Time is undefeated, and there is a point in every single player's career where he's just not what he used to be. Capello came out with a quote saying that he's lying. <laughs> he's not seen Ronaldo dribble past anyone for the past three years, and I don't know if it's three years, maybe I'd say two and a half. But like. Nonsense. He's he's he, you know what Nonsense. for the for the last little while he's mostly been a goal scorer mm-hmm. and and I don't say that to take away from his overall gameplay because the number of goals he scored and when he scored them as well just is massive you know it does not take away how great a player Ronaldo is but Ronaldo turns thirty five in we're in November now in three months mm. and yeah we've seen Zlatan Ibrahimovic play well well into his 30s um, but I don't think that's something that we'll see as well as Latin was playing in a farmer's league and now he's playing in America so whatever in terms of Cristiano Ronaldo yeah. I do really think we his best days are behind him and I mean, look we're, we're not looking at him or rather I'm not looking at him to do Robert, Robert Lewandowski numbers I mean Robert has scored in every game he's played thus far every game in the Bundesliga every game in the Champions League that's astronomical. Not even messes at that level. Currently. That's crazy. But what I am saying is that in the top five, you can't admit Ronaldo right now, dude. You are starting a team today, and you are you are you are charged by your board to put up a front three. Tell me right now, you have Ronaldo in your front three. Robert Lewandowski in the center, but Messi on the left, Ronaldo on the right. It doesn't there change. There is no way, bro. It doesn't change. There is no way. You've got... you Right now, change. if you put up a front three, you've got... You that, think... You, that team does you would take lose. Ronaldo over, 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 over money right now. Definitely. You take him over, over Mbappe right now. Definitely. You take him over Firmino. You take, you take him over Salah. You take, you take him over because, Obama Young. Because those players... Those players... No way, bro. Those players have not achieved what Ronaldo has achieved. No those way, bro. Not the same hunger. Those players... Uh, I mean, those players have got limited experience. Dude, I would take history. the boy from Austria, 19-year-old uh, Haaland, who is the leading goal scorer in the Champions League with seven goals right now. He's got 26 and 18 games himself this season. Sure, he plays in the Austrian Bundesliga, which is not one of the top five leagues in the world. But his exploits in, in the Champions League prove that he actually might be legit. Now, I'm not saying he's Robert Lewandowski. And I'm not saying he's like top three best forward strikers in the world right now. Mm-hmm. But I'd even take him over Ronaldo right now. And if, 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 I'm I'm, if I'm building for now, going to the future, man, come on. Who's, Dude, who's, come on. Who's got better BMT between any of those players? Dude. Who has better BMT between any listen, of those players? Listen, listen. When you need a goal, who's most likely? Listen. You said a couple of episodes ago that you'd put yeah, the house on it. Yes. I'd, scoring. Uh, yeah, not now though. Not now because he's older. He's Ronaldo, older. He's Ronaldo slower. Like tier he, one. His reactions are not what they were before. And, Ronaldo, and Ronaldo I, is a tier one player. He drops his standards. He's still a tier one player. Ronaldo goes through a bad, bad patch. He's a he tier one player. Fans. I mean, you you were bringing up Hazard. Hazard of all people. Dude, Hazard came into the season Hazard like, in this overweight, game when they... and I think he was carrying a bit of an injury. As soon as soon as he's in tip top shape, I will take Hazard over anyone in the world. Who's Definitely to, who's over Ronaldo. Ronaldo. Who's to say that Ronaldo, Ronaldo doesn't have a, a niggling injury? Hasn't Even it? if he does, you know what it is. If Ronaldo has an injury, Ronaldo is not someone we've known to be injury prone. Right, because the training regime is crazy. He's physically gifted, and he his nutrition as well. And if we start seeing Ronaldo now pick up niggling injuries, I honestly do think that's one of the effects of becoming older. You just you are more injury prone, and your recovery is not what it was. And with a guy like Ronaldo, as I've just um, detailed in how how he's been throughout his career, when we start seeing that. That's one of the signs that the, the, he's in decline. It's and it's not, it's not a pejorative to say he's in decline. I'm not saying something bad against him. This is what happens to every single player. All the best players what, what, what of all decline? time. What is decline? Because Messi has declined. 
Zlatan has declined. So Messi is not who he was when he scored that world record number of goals. Uh, he he's does not. He does not quite have the right? burst of pace. He's not at his peak. Mm-hmm. No, but he is still the best player in the world. I in don't decline. think. Yeah, he's the best player in the world in decline. Um, but in terms in of where Ronaldo is on that scale of 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 decline, he's he's out of the top ten players in the world. Even name five. I, I, name I, I promise five. you now. I promise you now. This season, this year, uh, with the Ballon d'Or still coming up, right. This is the last time you will see him in the top, guys. Like three players. This is not even a Messi Ronaldo nominated. conversation. This is Jay's just hitting against I Ronaldo. I am not hitting against Ronaldo. 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 Dude, Ronaldo is on his last legs right now, and he's and been phenomenal for a legs. long time. I I saw it even in, in in the last couple of seasons at Real Madrid when Zidane was managing him, where he was not playing him midweek and then on the weekends. He'd save him on the weekends, and Ronaldo would be Ronaldo. In the big games, Champions League games midweek, and I think his last season in Madrid, he scored like what forty-four goals, forty-two goals, or something like that. Than Suarez currently, than Suarez, Mm. he might be better than Suarez right now. I don't know because the 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 way you want to ask that question is who's worse? (laughs) No, (laughs) not who's better. None of them are better than the other one. They 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 belong on the same pile of. They should both both go play in America right now. And that's what I'll say on that. You know what? I, I, I in closing, <laughs> because I'm not going to win. You know at home, I know Ronaldo is still tier one level. He's still on God level. Look, he's not where he used to be, but let's look at the end of the season. He'll probably be in the top goal scorers list. We are going to revisit this conversation. Last season, he ended the season with like 28 goals, which was like... Nowhere near his his height. New team in a defensive. I'm not saying league. that he's suddenly become incom. I'm not saying let's, that. Okay, let's let me let me ask this question this way. What would be better for you? What would what what goal tally would say to you? He still got it. What number should he hit? Give me thirty five. Thirty-five goals at the end of the season. Ronaldo do it, prove him wrong. Oh my goodness, we need to put to money on this. Like, you, you heard it directly from Chuck's mouth. He says Ronaldo's going to score thirty-five goals. If you want to make He's money again? Get to twenty-five, guys. I was right about the World Cup. I was right about Liverpool. If you want to make money, put money on Ronaldo getting thirty-five goals at the end of the season. You know what? This is Jay out. Just can speak for the rest of this because, like, I'm I'm put done. House on I'm it. done. Catch us on Spotify. Speaking about Ronaldo, <laughs> SoundCloud. Speaking about Ronaldo, and on iTunes. Um, this is me out Two up front Jay what's your handles Where can people find you When you you're not hating on Ronaldo You can find me Or At Emperor Underscore J10 On Twitter And on Instagram as well And Give us a follow guys uh, Comment Debate Everything is welcome And this is Two up front Audi Audi